brother and sister Keith Lake, amen. Uh, we've known Sister Keith Lake for a long time, amen. My wife has known her longer. She was part of First Church San Jose for a long, many years, and, and brother Keith Lake, uh, his father was a pastor in, in the Bay Area for a number of years, so he's grown up in a preacher's home, and uh, they were pastoring for, for a number of years, and recently have been evangelizing, and uh, we're thankful that he uh, made time, amen, to come and be with us, and we want to uh, we want to hear from the Lord today, amen. I want to we want to ask you to preach with the preacher, amen. Back him up, amen, and let's see what God has for us. Let's put our hands together this morning. Welcome, everybody, the people. This time. One more time, if you can stand your feet, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Why don't we clap our hands one more time and give him some praise. Oh, somebody magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. Oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Amen. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, where would Israel be? Where would I be? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Happy New Year. Praise God. First, first things first, right? Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. There's no other place I would rather spend every every Sunday, every week, yes. every year yes. than the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. If you're here today, it's not by accident. It's by the grace and by the mercy and by the will of God. And if you have your Bibles, if you would turn to the book of uh, Jeremiah. Amen. I want to say thank you to your pastor. Amen. I give him honor and thank him for this invitation. And I commend uh, uh, any pastor, really, but uh, I really commend your pastor. 2020 was a rough year. You know, a lot of people threw in the towel. A lot of things closed and shut down. But you know what? Hats off to this church Amen. and, and your Amen. pastor and, and you saints, amen for, amen, for saying we will be faithful to the things of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's right. amen. You deserve a hand clap. Praise God. Amen. That's all right. Amen. And so... Um, I also want to say that uh, it's always wonderful to have my wife with me Amen. and uh, my six-month-old daughter. You might hear her at some point in the uh, sermon. She, she doesn't know how to say amen yet, so that, that's what she's saying. Praise God if you hear her. Uh, it's also very good to see some uh, good friends of the family for many, many years. Sister Grahalva, Yvette, and then Robert, amen, recently. And uh, it's uh, always a pleasure and a blessing to see you all. Amen in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 23, verses 25. Jeremiah 23, verses 25. When you're there, say amen. Amen. I have heard what the prophets said that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart, which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, which they tell every man to his neighbor, as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that hath my word... Let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord? Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? 
Amen. For the next few moments, I would like to preach on the subject titled Hammers and Dreams. Hammers and Dreams. Let's put our Bibles down after we've done so. If you would just help me one more time, lift your hands to heaven, lift your voice and say, Lord, we need you today. God, I pray that you would touch my mind as I endeavor to think your thoughts and loose my lips as I endeavor to speak your words and touch the ears of the hearers that they may receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. Amen. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. One more time. Clap your hands. And then shout out to God in the voice of triumph. We love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Just outside of the town of Talcott, West Virginia, there's a statue that stands to commemorate the legacy of a man by the name of John Henry. John Henry was known as the man who was born with a hammer in his hand, as the legend goes. His story, though somewhat exaggerated after his death, is indeed based on true events. John Henry was a former slave who worked on the railroads, driving spikes and laying tracks. John Henry was rumored to be a very, uh, a very strong man, uh, extraordinarily strong, in fact, he took great pride in his work and particularly in his ability to swing a hammer. The trouble came one day when the railroad tracks that they were laying ran straight up to a mountain. There was no getting around this mountain. The only way was through. John Henry, with just his hammer, began hammering steel spikes into the mountain where holes were made for dynamite. And then the dynamite would be set off, blowing away sections of the mountain. This would be repeated many times, and ultimately, they would make it through to the other side. But one day, the dream showed up, and this dream was in the form of a steam-powered rock drilling machine. It was a technological advancement that was touted as being able to do the work of several men. And many men on the job site risked losing their jobs and their livelihoods. John Henry, however, believed so much in the power of the hammer that he challenged the steam drill operator to a race, promising that he and his crew would quit their jobs if the steam drill won, but that they would keep their jobs if he himself won. They said the sound of steel ringing could be heard for miles with every swing of John Henry's hammer. While the machine would shake and shudder as it bored through the rock, it was a man and a hammer versus the dream. It was the tried and the true versus the new and the unfamiliar. They said sparks flew off of the spikes and the hammer and sweat dropped from his brow and he swung over and over and over again. And much to the surprise to those who were invested in the success of the steam drill, it came to an abrupt and sudden halt in an unexpected malfunction. The dream had failed. The power of a man with a hammer was forever settled in the eyes of every spectator. Later, years later, the, lo the locals erected that statue to honor what he had done for that town and for the men and for the families who lived there. And they even wrote a song in his honor. And the refrain of that song simply said, a man ain't nothing but a man. But I will die with this hammer 
in my hand. I want to preach to you today about a hammer that will never go out of style. Never be outdated, outmatched. A hammer that the average man or woman can swing. This hammer can break the hardened heart, the bonds of sin, drugs, and alcohol. It can break the grip of sin. It can change an individual, a young person, a family, a city, an entire nation. This hammer can destroy strongholds, spiritual wickedness and principalities and spiritual darkness. A hammer that can change destinies with every swing, that can change the unchangeable mind with every blow. And the hammer that I'm preaching to you today about is the hammer of the word of God. Amen. Amen. The Bible describes the, um, the word of God in several different ways. The, the Bible says in one place that it is like a sword. Amen. We like that. The, the two-edged sword. Right. Amen. Another place it's described as milk for, for, for children and those who are immature in the, in the gospel. And another place it describes the word as meat for those who are mature in the gospel. Another place the psalmist says it is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. Amen. The word of God is a light in our lives in the darkest of times. Amen. The word of God is a mirror. The, uh, the book of James tells us that the word of God is like a mirror to us. And when we read it, we, we look at ourselves for who we really are. Yeah. And, and we see what needs to be changed, and we make the changes accordingly. Amen. The mirror, amen, it's, it's not just like a mirror, but uh, it's like a fire. The prophet said it's like a fire shut up in my bones. Right. When the word of God gets on the inside of you, it does something to you. It gives life like nothing else can give life. Amen. Amen. Another place it says it's like honey. Amen. It's sweet. Amen. There's nothing like the word of God. Amen. It's, uh, it brings such sweetness and, and such a quality to our life. Uh, another place, the Bible says that it is like the dew. It's gentle. It's soft. Uh, amen. And uh, there's, there's so many things uh, that the Bible is likened to or there's uh, uh, all these analogies uh, that, that the word of God gives us about the word itself. Uh, it's like uh, the dew or as the seed, as the parable of the sower tells us, uh, that the seed goes out and it's planted in our hearts uh, and it grows. Uh, and, what, uh, and, and the thing that predicates how it grows and how quickly it grows and, uh, and whether it stays once it grows is the condition of our hearts. Uh, and so we know the word of God, it takes many forms uh, uh, symbolically speaking in one place it's, it's even like the snow, very gentle and subtle amen, but according to the word of the Lord, the word of God endures forever, yeah. it is quick and powerful, it is perfect and it is true, it is upright it is tried, it is pure, and it is forever settled in heaven, I don't know about you but there's one thing in my life that I cannot do without, and that is the word of God The passage that I've read in your hearing presents uh, us with a dilemma. The false prophets of the day had gone out and they had begun to use their dreams as a substitute for the word of God. And as much as dreams at times can be from God and powerful and used to motivate us in our individual lives and destinies, uh, amen, nothing, amen, can ever supersede or replace, uh, amen, the word of God in our life. Dreams are a good thing. The Bible tells us that Jacob dreamed and he saw angels descending and ascending. And when he woke up, he said, surely, amen, this this is the Lord's house and I knew it not. Yeah. And he experienced amen, a, little bit, a little bit of that glory in a dream. And, and we know that Joseph, amen, he had a dream that one day 
Amen. He would be a ruler over, over many people. And, and God gave him that dream. Amen. But he told it to his brothers and they ultimately they, they threw him in a pit and they sold him as a slave. And so, you know, sometimes God gives you a dream. You don't have to tell everybody. All right. Yeah. Amen. Some things are for you to pray about and to hold on to. Amen. But yeah. you know what? Amen. Just as powerful as dreams are, they can never replace. Amen. The tried and the true. Right. Amen. Sometimes, uh, amen, we hear good ideas, but good ideas cannot replace the word of God. Right. Amen. Amen. And so dreams are good, but only, only when they are aligned with the explicit will of God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. This is why the Bible does not exalt dreams above the word of God. In fact, nothing is exalted above the word right. of God. In fact, not even the name is exalted above the word of God. Now, you may find that unusual because we are a people of the name. And, but what gives the name power is our obedience to the word. And because I know some people who use the name Jesus amen, along with other four-letter cuss words. Amen. That doesn't give them power. What gives us power is when we use the name of Jesus in alignment with the scripture itself. Amen. That's why we baptize in Jesus' name. Because neither is there salvation in heaven. For there is no name under heaven whereby we must be saved. Whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of Jesus. They came to Jesus and they said, Lord, Lord, even the devils are subject to us in your name. Amen. In our text, these false prophets began to use as a substitute for the word of God the dreams that God had given them. And sometimes uh, they even began to use dreams that God even had not given them. Their own ideas, their own fanciful whims and, and thoughts. They believed that it was God who had whispered into their ears. Uh, you know, I get a little bit worried sometimes. Some people, they always hear from God, but I never see them read their Bible. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I hear from God for, for every day. I open my Bible. I hear from the Lord. Amen. It's right there. Yeah. Some people say, God, I need a word. I need a word, Lord. Give me a word. He gave you his word. Yes. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. As powerful as dreams from God can be to guide us sometimes and to encourage us, the Lord challenges the use of these dreams in this particular age that they're living in. The prophet Jeremiah, and he asks Jeremiah a question, and he says, Is not my word like a hammer? Yeah. No amount of the new, no amount of the of the fanciful, fancy ideas of the world, amen, of philosophy, education, will ever overcome or overpower, amen, the simple and the tried and true power of the hammer of the word of God. Yes. Yeah. Right. I want to preach to you today about three defining attributes, amen, of the word of God. And I would like to use the symbol of a hammer to do so. And then number one, and man, the hammer is a lever. When we were children, one of the first things about physics that we learned is that if you have a friend who's roughly the same size as you, you can get on the, the seesaw at, on the playground. And you, we learned what a lever was. We didn't know what it was called, but we understood the principle. And, and then there was the big kid who got on, 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 on that little, whatever it's called, the seesaw. And, and, we really, and you really found out what, the, what leverage was all about. And leverage, amen, sometimes can also allow something very small, if it's placed on the other end of the lever, to move something very large. Amen. 
That is the power of a hammer. It takes immense force and it travels up through the length of that handle and it culminates in the points and it takes a little bit of pressure and it multiplies it. Amen. And that ultimately will culminate. Amen. And force being multiplied over that swing and the little effort that is put into it is turned into a altogether different amount of energy. Amen. Why is that important? Amen. Because the word of God, you don't need you don't need a whole lot to get a whole lot done. A little bit of word can do a whole lot of healing in your life. Amen. Amen. It says that he sent his word and he healed their diseases. He sent his word singular and he healed their diseases. One word from God is all you need. A little bit of word can do a whole lot of healing. And when the Bible tells us that the Roman centurion, he came to Jesus and he said, I need my servant to be healed. And Jesus would have come. And he said, no, no, you don't have to come. He said, just speak the word and I know that it will be done. That's because a little bit of word has a whole lot of leverage. Because it's the hammer of the word of God. When you're broken, one word will do the job. When you're depressed, one word from God will do the job. possible that one word from the Lord can do for you in one moment what years of psychotherapy could not do. It's possible that one word from the Lord can do for you in one moment what years of medical treatment could not do. It's possible in one moment in one word. Amen. That God can do for you with just one word. What no one has been ever able to do for you. Amen. If someone can get desperate for a word from God. Amen. Hallelujah. And one shall put a thousand to flight, and two shall put ten thousand to flight. And that's leveraged by a factor of ten. And that lets us know in the kingdom of God, the effort that you put in is not the effort that comes out. Whatever effort you put in is maximized by the power of the word of God. The disciples, uh, amen, were, were, were brought before the leaders, amen, of their day, and, and they were accused formally of having turned the world upside down. You mean 12 men, amen, with no particularly uh, uh, obvious advantage in life, uh, turned the world upside down? I mean, that's because when you have a lever long enough, uh, amen, you can move the world, uh, and that lever is the hammer of the word of God. And they looked at these men and they said, you have turned our world upside down. Let me tell you something. And then do not be discouraged. Do not be dismayed. And then God doesn't play the numbers game. That's because one person armed with the word of God is the majority in any city. In, in any situation. On any job site. At school. You. Amen. The second thing about hammers is that I've never seen a disposable hammer, at least yet. I've never seen a one-time use hammer. That is because hammers are designed to be used in a repeated manner. I know this is painfully obvious, but we take it for granted at times. And then when we sit down to read our Bible, and after a few minutes we give up. Keep on swinging. Keep on swinging. This is a hammer. Yeah. You have to keep on going back to church. Some people yeah. say, well, I tried church. No, you went twice. You got to come back. 
Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. I tried fasting. You know, you tried one time. You got to do it again. That's because the, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. And, and, and we can't we, we, we can't look at the things of God and 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 say, well, I, I did that one time, tried that, and then no one ever swings once and builds a house. It just it doesn't happen. Right. And then God has given us a tool that we have to use on a on a regular basis. Amen. Amen. Just like the hammer is designed for repeated use, the word is meant to be read, repeated, memorized, studied, yes. and tested. Yes. The, leverage, the, the leverage of the hammer and the power of the hammer is not in that it simply multiplies force. Amen. But it's that it's also uh, it's also possible to use it time and time and time again. And no matter what you use it on, it keeps on working and it won't break. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. And so leverage doesn't negate the fact that, that you have to keep doing this over and over and over again. That's why we preach faithfulness to the house of the Lord. Because the, the preached word of God, you have to expose yourself to it. On a repeated basis. Amen. Amen. I know there's some people. I, there's some people. that are CEOs. Praise God. Some people are CEOs. Not the kind you're thinking about. They're Christmas, Easter only Christian. Don't be a CEO. Praise God. Amen. Amen. We we have to get to the place. The Book of Hebrews says. Forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some ends, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. I have to expose myself to the preached word of God as regularly as I can because that's how this was designed to be used. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't let the hammer of the word of God rust in your life. And then don't let it get grown over. And then don't let it collect dust and rust and mold. Allow God to talk to you on a regular basis. Yeah. Amen. Just as the hammer is not a single-use instrument, neither is the word of God in our lives. Right. Yeah. That's right. The word of God is not disposable. We don't get what we need from the Lord and then just toss it. The apostle Paul wrote that it's by the foolishness of preaching. That we are saved and the foolishness of preaching is, he's not saying that the preaching itself is foolish, but it's foolish because the people who are outside, man, perhaps of the four walls of the church, not just physically speaking, but on the outside and their lifestyle and they're just lost and they're, and they're deep in sin. They, they look at what preaching is and they don't understand. They don't understand its power. They don't understand its efficacy. They don't understand what's happening when we come to the house of God and we listen to preaching. And then, but those of us, uh, and then who've been in, in, in dry places at times in our life, uh, and then where it seems like nothing could get through, no one could talk to us, uh, and then the preaching of the word of God went forward, and it began to break the rock in pieces, and it began to break the hardened shell of our hearts down, and all of a sudden our hearts once again were exposed, uh, and man, the soft inner core of our hearts were exposed to the gentle presence of, of the power of the Holy Ghost, and we found ourselves once again on our hands upraised, talking in tongues, crying, and thanking God that his word, amen, still works. And it seems foolish to those who don't understand it, but to them who believe, it's life, it's life, it's life. I, I, I read just the other day, just 
the other day I read that they, they, they were doing surveys of different groups throughout the year 2020. And everybody, there, there was all sorts of people who were reporting depression and, and all sorts of emotional angst. And they said the group amen, of people amen, who went through 2020 and who kept high spirits were the people who either attended church or logged in online and watched their church service faithfully. Come and keep on swinging the hammer, pandemic or not. We're going to keep on preaching. On. We're going to keep on listening to preaching. Come we're going to keep on doing the Bible study. We'll keep on teaching Bible studies. We have to expose ourselves repeatedly to the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. I believe I'm in a church that still believes in faithful attendance. Amen. I believe I'm in a house that, yeah. where you say, you know what? I don't care what's going on out there in the world. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna find my way to church even if I have to come crawling. I will go to the house of the Lord. And then they said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. Let me tell you what's secret in life. Amen. Take it from me. Amen. Amen. Just, just, just trust me on this one. The fastest way to get glad, amen, is not to buy a trash bag, praise God. <laughs> fastest way to get glad is to go to the house of the Lord. Right. I don't care what you struggle with. Amen. We, we've all got struggles, but I'm telling you, if you can find yourself in the house of God, you'll break through that. You'll break through that dark cloud. You'll break through that pressure. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. are no longer optional for Christians. We, we live in too volatile a time. Right. Maybe in that 2019 you could have got away with that, but not no more. Yeah. I mean, we, we live in a day and age. We've got to be prayed up, stayed up, and then read up. Yeah. And then ready, ready, ready. Because any moment in a twinkling of an eye, I mean, we can all be changed. I and mean, then we live in the last days. I don't have to remind anybody. We know we live in the last days. But many of us have tried repeating the same old things that got us nowhere. We've tried the same old broken ways of thinking. Some of us have ran back to drugs many times in our lives. There's many things that we've tried over and over again. But the real question is, have you tried everything else? Amen. Have you tried the word of God as much as you've tried everything else? Come on. This was made to be ran back to, used, and repeated over and over and over again. His mercies are new with every rising of the sun. There is an infinite amount of mercy and love and grace. We've been a lot of places. We've done a lot of things. There's things that we've tried to break out of the cycle. Amen. But let me tell you, man, let's get into a cycle of the word of God. Let that be the unbreakable cycle in your life. Let that be the unbreakable cycle in your children's life. Let that be the thing that gets repeated over and over. And we've had the same arguments over and over. We've had the same. We we repeat everything. Hey, man, we are creatures of habit. But what I'm preaching to you today is the word of God can become the most powerful habit in your life. Right. It can become the most repeated and powerful and useful thing, but you've got to wield it. And then the third and final thing, amen, about hammers is that hammers do not swing themselves. Right. Amen. Is one of the most obvious yet neglected aspect of hammers is that they do not swing themselves. 
Hammers require action from a willing participant. Amen. Hammers require us, amen, to put some effort in order for that effort to be magnified. Amen. What am I preaching? You do what you can do, and then God does what he can do. Right. Amen. That's because, amen, it's a force multiplier, but there needs to be an initial force. Amen. The word of God was not meant to collect dust on your bookshelf. It was not meant, amen, to be simply read once or twice a year. But you have got to wield the hammer of the word of God. Amen. But it seems like it's monotonous and repetitious. And at times, amen, many of us, if we were to be honest, we would say, you know what? Sometimes I just struggle with the boredom and the monotony of living for God. And we're all human. And guess what? Amen. We've all been there. There's all been times when we felt like it was the same old thing over and over. Amen. But there's got to be a level of faithfulness. Right. Amen. And there has to be, amen, if I can be quite frank, a love for monotony and repetition. That's because the most beautiful things in this world, in this universe, are the things that happen over and over again. Amen. Some of us get bored with monotony. But if it wasn't for monotony, the sun wouldn't rise tomorrow morning. If it wasn't for monotony, amen, your heart would not continue to beat. Amen. If it wasn't for the things that God, he just does them over and over and over again. And to all of creation, do it again, do it again, and he never stops, and he never tires. If you really begin to fall in love with repetition, amen. You see, God needs someone to do the monotonous, and that he will do the miraculous. God needs someone to do the mundane and the simple and the repetitious and maybe at times even the boring, but God will then do the miraculous. So what are you saying, preacher? Amen. The Bible tells us that Peter, him and was locked up in prison in the book of Acts. And there, there was a group of people that began to pray for Peter. They began to pray for him. They began to pray and they began to intercede and cry out. And they were in a home. And the Bible tells us that Peter. In the prison that he was locked up in, the doors one by one just began to just open themselves. And he began to just simply walk up to the doors and the gates and the shackles and the chains fell off. That's pretty miraculous. And he walked all the way to the house where they were praying for him at that moment. And... It, I, I always thought this was the most interesting part of the story. Yeah. Every single door opened, the prison doors opened, the gates opened, his shackles fell off, and he gets to the door of the house where they're praying for him, and he knocks on the door. Yeah. Right. Now, to me, that just didn't make any sense. And then here he is knocking on the door, and he's just seen gates fly open. That's because... God does the miraculous. You have to do the repetition. They're thinking, there's Peter. People people only ever saw him doing this. They're thinking, what is he doing? And many of us get discouraged. Because we think, man, all, all my family ever sees me doing is going to church. Just regular old faithful me. 
and we get discouraged. But let me tell you, you keep knocking. Because you just knock. God is the one who begins to open doors. You be faithful. And, and, and don't, don't be dismayed because one day someone will realize that, and then that you've been faithful in the little things, but God has been behind you. Amen. And people will begin to see your testimony, and they'll begin to see that's why he's faithful. That's what. That's why she's faithful. That's because. Uh, Come on. I preach to somebody today that if you would just do the if you would just do the mundane and the repetitious, uh, and what other people may think is boring, God will do miracles. God will do miracles. You will see signs and wonders, doors open, and then God will bless you in ways that you thought not possible. Somebody give God some glory right now. Hallelujah. I'm almost through. I'm almost through. Hallelujah. The prophet, he came to a town. They had one axe in the whole town. And as they were swinging this axe, it came loose. The axe had swung off the handle, and it fell into the water nearby. And the prophet said, someone get me a twig, a branch, anything. Now, anybody who knows anything knows that the weight of, 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 a, of an axe head cannot be displaced by something lighter than the axe head. It's too dense. It's too heavy. It sinks. But all they had was one axe. And that whole town, and there was no Home Depot. <laughs> and so the prophet said, let's do what we can do, and let God do what he will do. Yes. So all they, all they had was a branch. It was a twig. It was nothing. Yeah. Moses, he took the people in the wilderness. The water was bitter. And it, it had turned bitter, and there was nothing for the people to drink, and and, and, and God said, just, just, get, just get something. Just find anything. Throw it in the water. That prophet, similar situation. He, get, he gets this branch, and they're looking at him like, what is this guy doing? And he takes that branch, and, and, he, and he throws it into the water. And they all stood there, and he stared. And they're probably staring at him, and he's staring. And all of a sudden, he points. And that axe head begins to float. Read, read your Bible. It's in there. That axe head comes up and they wipe it off the surface of the water. And they get it back. Let me tell you, you just take what little you have. You say, God, I don't have much. I don't have much to give. I don't have much left. You give God what you have. You may say, God, I've given my best years to the world. To the devil. No, you take what you have left. I don't have two pennies to rub together. I'll tell you what, if all you have is two twigs, I mean, let's stand in the house of the Lord today. Let me tell you, as we stand, I mean, let's recommit and say, Lord, I will keep on swinging. I will keep on preaching. I mean, if you're teaching a Bible study, keep on teaching that Bible study. If you're a Sunday school teacher, keep on teaching Sunday school. If you're a preacher, keep on preaching. If you're a saint, keep on being a saint. And then to, behind every blow, behind every swing of the hammer. Behind every swing of the hammer. There's Holy Ghost power pushing you. Your efforts are magnified. You're not doing this alone. We're not doing this alone. Amen. We're not, we're not by ourselves. The Holy Ghost is with us. Is helping us. 
Amen. In 2021, you're going to keep on swinging the hammer of the word. Amen. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, amen, keep on praying. Don't give up. Amen. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. Yes. Man, maybe somebody says, you know, I'm struggling. I haven't received the Holy Ghost with speaking in other tongues. I'm struggling with whether I even, I even believe in it. Well, if you can believe in a heaven, why can't you believe in a heavenly language? Right. I mean, you're halfway there. Yeah. Amen. Keep on praying. Keep on Amen. repenting. Keep on living. Amen. The best you can for Jesus. Amen. Because behind every step, amen, is the hand of God. Behind every swing, amen, is the force, amen, of the one who spoke the universe into existence. Amen. Let's lift our hands right now all over this house. I'm going to open up these altars. Whatever you need from God, you can get it today. You can get it today. Whatever you need. I won't give up. I won't give up. I won't give up. I won't give up. I'll keep on living for Jesus. I'll keep on living for Jesus. Whatever it takes, it's a hammer. It's a hammer in my hand. I will keep on living for Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I invite you. Let's come to the altar. Amen. Wherever you're standing, turn that place into an altar.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.